Proactive Athletes is the premier place that empowers student athletes to overcome the challenges of college sports recruitment. Their unparalleled expertise and influential network will guide you towards realizing your fullest potential. At Proactive Athletes, they understand that each student athlete is unique, facing their own set of obstacles. That's why their dedicated team takes the time to comprehend your individual needs, providing a comprehensive hands-on approach tailored to your success. With their personalized attention and unwavering support, they ensure your satisfaction every step of the way. Through their vast network, they have successfully connected with over 2.3 million coaches, giving your child's profile the exposure it deserves. In fact, their student-athletes' profiles have been viewed by an astounding 716,000 coaches, solidifying their reputation as the go-to platform for recruitment. What sets them apart is their data-driven approach, allowing them to make informed decisions that result in better outcomes for their student-athletes. By harnessing the power of data, they maximize your child's chances of success as they embark on the next chapter of their athletic journey. Join the ranks of proactive athletes and unlock your true potential. Let them amplify your talent, connect you with coaches that want you but may not have known about you, and pave the way for your future success. Together, they will defy the odds and ensure that your dreams become a reality. Don't wait any longer. Get proactive in your child's recruitment process today by visiting proactiveathletes.com. And make sure you use Shark Effect 10 for 10% off. He had told me, it's like, hey, you, the goal when you go to one of these networking events isn't to, and I was in sales, what isn't to go find somebody and see if they're going to buy something from you. He goes, that is not the goal. He goes, ultimately, you hope something like that may happen. He goes, but your goal is to go meet as many people as possible, ask them as many questions about their business, what they do. He goes, and then when you can find that common ground or something that you may be able to help them with, he goes, then interject your more your, yourself more into the conversation. He goes, other than that, just ask people a lot of questions. It's intercepted, picked up by Alex Molden. Welcome to the Shark Effect. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm a former NFL veteran, and now I'm a leadership and personal development speaker and coach. In this podcast, you will hear inspirational and humorous stories from leaders of all walks of life, from current and former professional athletes, coaches, authors, experts, executives, and successful business owners. Discover how these leaders not only overcame obstacles, but also learned core principles that led to their success when leading others. My guest this week on The Shark Effect is a good friend of mine. His name is John Tommy Piao. Uh, he was, he played linebacker at University of Oregon. He's a couple years older than me, but um, John has a big heart. He has a, a bunch of knowledge and really like his story is pretty dope where he kind of tells you or will be talking through what it's like once you finish school and you try to figure out like what's next. How do you go about finding out that next career? <laughs> He's a chief operating officer at Power Digital Marketing and before then he had been in Xerox for over 23 years. He was executive vice president, senior vice president, and sales manager. And he really kind of embarks on this, on his story about when he finished college football, 
What was he doing after that? What were those next steps? What type of character do you need to create for yourself? And then, how do you share that knowledge of yourself? How do you network to make it beneficial for both parties? Anyway, we talk about this a lot. I'm super excited. I'm also super excited about the fact that you can get my book. All you got to do is go online to yourultimateplaybook.com. There you get my book once you pay for it. <laughs> and I'll, and I'll, I'll sign an uh, autograph copy just for you or forever you like, and I'll send it off to you. But make sure to check it out. It's something that, um, you know, we go over 11 keys for success in sport and in life. And I'm not an expert, but I've done enough research on my own life and went down and, and dug into what the foundational principles are for me to have different types of successes, both on the field and off the field. And so I think, you know, this, this book can benefit a lot of different people. Okay, that's my sales pitch. Off to the show. Just digital marketing, you know, and mm -hmm. just unbelievable how much I've learned in three years and how much my, my previous career has really helped me a ton, you know, in, in this, you know, company, which is way out of my demographic. You know, I'm like 50 years old and I'm the second oldest person in the company of 502 people. You know, so, you know, I look at that, you know, now and I'm like, man, we need to like hire some 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 older dudes here, uh, you know, but for the longest time and I've only been at this company for three years, you know, for the for the okay. longest time, I was the oldest person in the company for about two years. And I was just so happy before we finally hired somebody, uh, you know, older than me, you know, but like how I got here, just lots of, you know, different paths, you know, I went down to, you know, so when I first initially graduated, uh, that's, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I feel like I've told this story to a lot of different people as I've given the advice, helped them coach them up. You know, I think my, not I think, my, my struggle was, and, you know, as a student athlete, you know, you couldn't really work. You, you know that. I mean, you could work like a summer job yeah. or something at that point in time, but, you know, there wasn't like, you know, these NIL type of opportunities, you know, out there right now for, you know, a lot of student athletes. So here I am graduating. Okay. I, I got a, a business degree, you know, it was a double major marketing management. I was like, well, cool. Something's going to fall into my lap, you know, but literally I was being penalized for being a student athlete because all the different jobs, which I thought at the time, like was interesting to me was like, Hey, you need experience. You need experience. I was like, Oh gosh, like, well, I don't, I don't have any of that. And I remember that, you know, my, my resume, you know, at the time, you know, was really a bunch of stuff which is all related to, you know, football. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I, I learned time management, which obviously you learn, you know, if you're a student athlete and literally I'm answering these questions over and over and these different jobs that I interviewed, you know, for. And, you know, it's just like very, it was very frustrating that start of my career. I was lucky. And I don't know if you ever worked with Deb Sherrick, but Deb Sherrick, you know, at Oregon, she I, was in I the... Did not. Okay, yeah, she was in the... um like the career development, you know, department. And, you know, she had, you know, pushed me to do an internship with a Xerox, you know, corporation. So I couldn't find a job. And um, I got turned down for three jobs. I still have those letters for those companies that turned me down. I'll forever remember oh, them. Yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> it's part of what motivated me 
over time, you know, to become, you know, to get to where I am today, you know, but I remember, you know, that I took an internship and she pushed me towards uh, the sales internship with Xerox Corporation and sales wasn't anything I was thinking about. I was a marketing management. I was like, hey, can I get a job marketing something? Can I manage people? Yeah, well, it doesn't work like that. You know, you need to show okay. up. And, yeah, you need to show up and, you know, get some experience. And I learned very quickly, you know, that uh, and my first job was really selling Xerox copiers, cold calling in Corvallis, Oregon. You know, so literally that was my, yeah, my first territory, which, you know, you can imagine being a duck and going to Corvallis. I mean, looking the way that I did, you know, I mean, people just assume that, hey, well, did you play for Oregon State? That was literally the first thing that came out of these businesses as I'm knocking on these doors, you know, and um, I learned a ton, you know, from that experience. It's really, you know, really what really what started to really build my sales career, really helped me start to refine that particular skill set. And, you know, what I always remember is that what what really helped me wasn't, you know, I don't want to say like, oh, these business classes didn't help me. Well, they didn't help me at the time. That That is for sure. You know, but what helped me was all the, you know, the adversity, you know, the multiple injuries I had in my career. And I, I know you had injury injury as well, you know, Alex, but like really, you know, being able to battle through that adversity, that's what really helped me in the initial part, you know, of uh, of my career, you know, and I, I still... Hearing no, right? Yeah, hear, I mean, geez, hearing, you know, 15 no's a day when you're knocking on, you know, doors in Corvallis, Oregon, and all they wanted wow. to know if, if you played Oregon State football. And then I literally had to, well, no, not exactly. You know, and it was literally, like, oh, really? I was like, no, I didn't play Oregon State. And then I would get this look from some people, did you play at Oregon? And, you know, I was like, <laughs> yes, I did, you know, because uh, fearful they were going to, like, kick me out of their business, yeah. which, did, which did happen a few times. Uh, you know, that, the, you know that's, that's for sure. But, you know, it teaches you to quick, to think very quickly, you know, on your feet. Uh, but, yeah, the, the start of my student athlete, you know, once I graduated, wasn't off to a fast start. But I learned a ton in this internship, which and I was an intern for about, I think, about four months, got that first okay. gig because the guys that I interned, interned for were like, hey, we think you'd be good at this. And, you know, they literally got me the job and, you know, I hit the ground running um, on the job from there. But that was kind of, yeah, the, the start of my student athlete career it was kind of a, this false start by accident, you know, is what I would call it. Mm. So but that was because you took that you had the courage to to go to to the lady yep. right the career the career yep. development person and it's something i didn't do i didn't know if she existed i didn't even ask those type of questions like an internship was i didn't know what that was or if i did i was i was too scared of it. uh yeah me too i was like huh what what am i doing here so yeah i agree but it's like, man, having that experience, you know, we have some of us, you know, you know, you got the tools and we can talk and, and whatnot. But it's like, man, you know, what is the what was some of the things in terms of like relationships that kind of, you know, with your career starting off where you are, how did relationships play a part? That's great. You know, great question. And I wish I could say there was all these great relationships at Oregon that helped me. Uh, but I, I think part of it was. You know, I wasn't really that great at networking, you know, at, at Oregon, you know, per se, you know what I mean? And, 
you know, really Deb Sherrick. Uh, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure somebody from the athletic department hooked me up with Deb Sherrick, you know, so that was great. You know, I'm pretty sure that that's, but she's kind of, she got me down that, that going that, that path. Now the, and I did that, you know, gig up in Oregon for almost two years, you know, selling Xerox, had a ton of success. And luckily for me, you know, it was time for me to move back to California, you know, but I, my boss up in Oregon at the time, um, he had a friend in San Diego and uh, San Diego was just one of the places I was thinking about moving to. And I told him, it's like, hey, I'm going to either move back to the Bay Area, you know, San Francisco area, or I'm going to move to, you know, San Diego. And, um, you know, he was like, well, I don't know anybody in the Bay Area, but I know a guy in San Diego and I could I could hook you up with a job. Uh, you know, so really how I got, you know, the job that really the next part of my career was through my boss who, you know, I had, I had a ton of success up in Oregon, so I don't think it was that hard for him to sell me. You know, if you're a good salesperson, it's a, you know, really hot commodity. But I was lucky enough to really line up with really who was the greatest mentor, you know, to me. Um, and I worked for him for 20, 23 years just because someone else knew him and hooked me up with him, you know, down here in San Diego. So, uh, yeah, it paid off getting to know one guy who knew another for sure one guy and i'm sure your character came into came into play with somebody's vouching for you yep yeah 100 percent. again that uh you know literally was like hey you gotta hire this guy at least that's what he told me uh but yeah that is what my my previous boss where your crew he told me the same thing too so i love that so so you said something about like those networking things and i know man when i was 21 22 whatever i didn't want to network at all i was i was that cat if i did have to go to networking i was in the back yep and it's like man i look at i look at it now i said man that could have been my chance to be able to to show people a little bit more that i'm more than just a football player yep you know what i'm saying so how do i start to how do i communicate who i am oh yeah yeah for sure you know it, it was very difficult for me back then but i think that's like what are some of the things that you that you can do or the conversation that you can have in any type of like networking event? I'm sure you've been in oh, yeah. way more than way more than me. So how does that how does that conversation take place? Yeah, I, you know, I've been in a tons and I, I would say that during my time when I was in Corvallis and Eugene, Oregon, I was absolutely awful at it. Um, and I did try. I went to these networking events and um just like you, I was the guy in the back, or I would find like two other cats that kind of look like me and, you know, grab a cup of coffee and go, Oh, what's up? What's up, man? You know what I mean? And try to have your own little network. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I seem to network, which is the actual opposite of networking with the same, like two, three people at the same type of events, you know, you're supposed to, you know, sprout your wings and go, go around and, you know, talk about, you know, uh, your business per se with other people, you know, and however, once I got to uh, really San Diego is where I, I got a lot better at it. You know, it was really my, my boss forced me to get better at it. You know, and he had told me, it's like, hey, you the goal when you go to one of these networking events isn't to, and I was in sales, what isn't to go find somebody and see if they're going to buy something from you. He goes, that is not the goal. He goes, ultimately, you hope something like that may happen. He goes, but your goal is to go meet as many people as possible, ask them as many questions about their business, what they do. 
He goes, and then when you can find that common ground or something that you may be able to help them with, he goes, then interject your more your, yourself more into the conversation. He goes, other than that, just ask people a lot of questions, you know, and then we would role play it. We would role play it out. And, you know, he, of course, would be like the person which didn't want to be bothered, which was weird at the network event. If you go there, expect people to come up to you, you know, introduce yourself. So I, by the same token, had to do that as well. Like I had to go, okay, well, I need to be open as well with other people coming up and introducing themselves, yourselves to me, you know? So really I started to use, you know, these initial networking events and I, geez, I probably went to three, four, like a month, you know, a lot. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, you know, all kinds of different, you know, network events and really was just me spent on, Hey, my name is, you know, John Tommy Piao. Nice to meet you. You know, Hey, tell me what you do. Tell me about your business. Tell me, tell me what you guys do. And then really I would just keep asking them questions, you know, about, about their business. And of course, had a script of questions that you practice before you got there. So you tried not to be too awkward, you know, about things, you know, but really just got into really some great conversations with people. That's, but that's how I started to really start to build a network of people that I, that I grew to know here, you know, while I was in San Diego. I love that, man. And so in these networking events, like, was it just strictly like professional questions? Would it, turn into personal or would you kind of stay away from that you know did sports start to kind of come in you know coming by I me mean, because you're a big dude six yeah. three two forties two fifty something like that yeah. at least you used to be yeah <laughs> yeah a little heavier now but uh that's all right but uh, i'll roll with what you said you know but yeah 100 percent. like you know you you as an individual's networking has got to kind of have your own kind of like okay what am i really good at talking about and okay. you know despite the number of like business questions you can ask somebody, you know, yeah, you would ask those other type of questions, you know? So like, you know, being in San Diego, um, you know, and I, I, I was the, I'm a diehard Raiders fan, you know? So, but being here in San Diego, well, I literally had to force myself to learn more about the chargers. You know, I remember running into you one time, you know, driving around in Carmel Valley one time. I don't remember yeah, that. I was like, right. Oh, Hey dude, like, what's up? Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. You know, but, you know, I became like the greatest Charger fan ever. You know what I mean? And I wasn't a Charger fan, but I had to learn all the little nuances because there's so many Chargers fans here. Same with being a Padres fan. So, like, you know, if you go to a network event, there's lots of different things that you can find where you can try to find that common ground. You know, with people, because you're eventually going to run out of business type of questions to ask people. It could be done in the first minute, you know, just like, oh, okay. Oh, hey, man. Also, you're a Charger fan, you know, and that's always great, you know, common ground, you know, to find with people. But yeah, find some things which, you know, and I I knew football very well. So it wasn't that hard for me to, you know, read, you know, read the paper at the time when you read. Now everything's on the Internet, per se. You know what I mean? But yeah, it was very easy for me to keep up with what Chargers are doing, what the Padres doing. And that was always really kind of a good, like, go-to, you know, move for me to really get people, you know, comfortable and talking to me. Yeah, so you got to have a few go-to subjects for sure that are non-business related because those are going to run out quick. Gotcha. And so, you know, with um, in sport, you right, playing college ball, what are some of the things that you could see – that helped you like transfer what skills did you have in sport 
that helped you on the way? I mean, we already talked about one in terms of like adversity. Are there any, are there any others like yeah. team, teamwork or, you know, dealing with a bad boss or I don't know. Well, yeah. You, well, you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, that's for sure. Like when I when I say like dealing with adversity, it's also like the mental, you know, toughness, you know, piece. And, you know, and a, a lot of student athletes can say this, they're going to be pushed to limits. They really had never thought that they can push themselves, you know, to both physically and mentally. And I've run in those situations, you know, my business where I was able to call on that you know, as well, whether I was like in a high pressured sale. Um, and I, I still remember like, you know, I'm, I, you know, part of my career is being an entrepreneur and I still remember, you know, we used to, I was working six days a week. It felt like literally it felt like 24 hours. It wasn't, it was probably like, you know, 19, 20 hours a day because as an entrepreneur in a business and you're selling your business, you have an equation you know, not to get too complicated, you have an equation that they put forth like, hey, if you hit these numbers, here's how much your business will sell for. You know, so I knew because I was a, a big, you know, shareholder in the company that, hey, well, I I need to grind here, that the date's coming up. But I was able to really draw on how hard I was able to push myself when I was in college, you know, just rehabbing from injuries, you know, playing through some pain, you know, the sometimes just the grind of fall camps, you know, waking up, but really those experiences is really what helped me build that mental toughness. Now, today, the foundation for how organized I am in my time management, well, that all comes from, you know, when I was at Oregon and them telling me what to do, where to be at what time. I, I'm like, I'm shocked. We didn't have phones or anything, you know, at that time, nobody was texting me and it wasn't like this electronic calendar, you know, but I, I found a way to get to where I needed to be at what time it was either on a, a chalkboard or a dry erase board or on a piece of paper that they handed to us. But time management that was drilled into me, you know, from my time, you know, as well. And, you know, one thing, um, you know, about the, you know, just the, the Oregon locker room, and it was something I was not, you know, used to, uh, you know, you know, per se. It was just like this melting pot of different cultures, different races, of different, you know, people. Now, I, I did hang out with a very diverse group when I was in high school, you know, but we weren't like in close quarters so much, you know, with people. Locker room right to the left of you, locker room right to the right, right to you. And, you know, there's there's the greater team, but then there's little sub you know, factions inside the, you know, the team and whether it was the guys that like to, you know, play Madden and compete at those tournaments. It was like, you know, the guys that, you know, like to go to like a rodeo or, you know, or something. I mean, it's like, wow, you're talking about different, you know, uh, different diverse, um, you know, people over here. And it taught me at the time to learn how to talk to different people, get along with, you know, you know, different people, try to avoid being, you know, too clicky, you know, as well. But that has helped me tremendously you know, my business, you know, career, you know, as well. So yeah, time management, ability to talk with different people, developing that mental toughness, overcoming adversity. Those are all things that I've able to draw, you know, from my, my career as a student athlete. That's 100% helped me to where I am today in business. So, you know, because you've been in, in a professional setting for a very long time and also in the sports world, give us some nuggets of what, leadership is and i'm always like when i'm coaching up my clients or i'm speaking on this is a lot of people 
you know, they get, you know, here at leadership and they, and they just, oh, they spring into like leadership is positive. It's always positive. And no, leadership is influence and you can be influenced to do the wrong thing. Peer pressure, that's leadership. And most of the time, peer pressure, you, you would want it to be positive, but typically it's not. You're getting pressured to do something that causes you to hesitate or you don't want to do, but because of that peer pressure, you end up doing it if you're not strong enough. Yep. And so I want to get your insights on, on leadership and like, how did, how do you define it? And, and then how do you use it? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I think that a lot of people can divide it, divide it, you know, define it different ways. And, you know, I think if you went to like a textbook from, I don't know, probably 10 years ago, you know, it'd be, well, what is leadership? The ability of people to get people to do things like that's probably in some kind of textbook, you know, you know, written, you know, somewhere. I, I define leadership as, well, hey, how can I help people accomplish, you know, their individual goals? You know, and then when you think of team leadership or a group leadership or a company group leadership is how can you get all of the individuals like rowing the boat in the same direction where everyone is able to accomplish their individual goals, which really ladders up to the team goals or the company goals. And, you know, throughout my career, you know, I've I've learned, used different type of leadership styles, uh, made tons of mistakes. Uh, that's for sure learn from, you know, a lot of those different mistakes. And, you know, today, you know, I'm, I'm 50 years old, you know, and, you know, my leadership style is really the chameleon, you know, so based upon a lot of the mistakes that I've made, what I, what I've learned is that, well, whatever group of people that I'm working with or any individual that I'm talking to, if I can find the best way for me to lead and manage them and communicate with them, that can most efficiently help them accomplish the, what they want, then that's the style of leadership that I want that I want to use. You know, so here I am, you know, with, with my ton of experience, it's one of my advantages that I have is that, you know, I can play like a visionary role, you know, to a group. I can play the democratic role, leadership style to a group. I can be the cheerleader, you know, for, for the group um, when it's needed. I can pull out the autocratic card. It's not my favorite thing, but that is like the old school kind of like football coach or a coach is just do what I tell you to do. You know, it doesn't matter how I do it, just being the autocratic. But sometimes for like really like new people who don't have a ton of experience, you got to kind of tell them what to do to get them going in the right you know, direction. But at the same time, you know, being a great delegator and being a great support person that's what you want to do with like your high performers. You know, so if I'm leading a group of high performers who know what to do, well, I don't need to micromanage them. You know what I mean? I just need to make sure they understand the goal and they just tell me like, you guys know what to do? Yeah. How are you going to do it? Do it like this, this and that. Sounds good. Let me know what kind of help you need away. But if I come in and go micromanage a bunch of high performers, like, hey, here's what we need to do. I need you to give me an update at two o'clock. I need you to write out the plan for me. I need you. They're going to sit there and go, dude, like, really? That's like, come on. And then you might get the opposite, you know, type type of effect, you know. So like in summary, I think from a leadership standpoint, if you can find a way, you know, to really lead a group of people or an individual in the way they like to be communicated to, that is the most efficient and the most effective. Doesn't mean that if you've got a mismatch, it won't work. 
It's just not as efficient and not as effective. Might take a little more time. Still get the job done, you know. But certainly, if you can match up the right type of leadership styles, I mean, you'll have success very quickly. Mm, that's yeah. That's that's phenomenal. That's that's great information. So so tell me, like, when it comes to leaders, and you know, we've we both had coaches that you know was our our coach. It was in a position of leadership. But then there's other coaches that you have some type of bond and, you know, it's cliche, but there are coaches that there's in my life now that if you would call me or even, even back then you talk about run through a brick wall for your coach. There are certain coaches I would run through a brick wall and there's other coaches or other people I would not, even though they're in a position of leadership, like what type of coaches do you know when you break it down like the, the the characteristics like what type of coaches you would you john tommy pl run through a brick wall it's or, really yeah it's really those coaches those leaders that made a connection with me and the feeling i got whether they whether they were really doing it or not the feeling i always got from them is that they always had my best interest you know they were always trying to help me always trying to support me. And then I was, my individual interest was put above their interest. Whenever that connection was made, like I would just run through any kind of wall, brick, steel, whatever it may be, you know, for that, for that individual. And certainly I've not felt that with some of the, you know, coaches or leaders I've had. And it's kind of like, all right, I don't listen to what you're saying, but uh, I got to think about that. You know what I mean? Uh, But yeah, that's, it's pretty much, if they, if I had the feeling that what it is I wanted to accomplish, what were my best interests, and they were at the forefront of what, what they were thinking about. Yeah. Game over. I was all in. Mm, I love that. Man, John, can you, can you give my listeners like some more nuggets, just like maybe one or two more nuggets in terms of like networking, something that, that, the 21, 22-year-old John Tomopial wished that he knew that you do that you know now. Yeah. Well, the tools that um, that are available now are so much different than the tools that were available like that. You know, so for example, a, a, a tool like LinkedIn is an unbelievable tool. And it's very underrated. Like, I wish I had LinkedIn to look at somebody's profile online before I got to the actual networking meeting. Because I would find out all the information about them. Same thing with, like, Facebook or or Instagram. And I'm not saying, you know, I would be like this stalker. However, if you are trying to launch your business career, and literally, you want to go meet a few people or you're, you're trying to get a job at a certain company and you're going to an event. I mean, they publish these lists of who's going to the event, you know, like who's going to be there. So, you know, well, see what I would tell the listeners, like, hey, well, go look who's going to be there, who you're interested in talking to and go look at the info. They're putting it on the on the Internet for you to see like a cheat code. Yeah, they're, they're telling you here. So, like, if you go to a networking event nowadays and you say, hey, what do you do for a living? Some people are like, okay, well, that's, that's easy. Know. Yeah, that, that's easy. Now, if you go, hey, nice to meet you, Alex. 
hey, really love your podcast. I'm really interested in hearing more, you know, about the shark effect. I'm really interested in hearing, you know, about this point in time in your your career. You know, I saw you post this thing about you and then Jerry Rice and man, I'm I'm interested, you know, like automatically you will be more engaged because you are going, wow, that that person already knows something about me. They're already looking at me. They've done some research on me. Yeah. So all the, you know, the young people nowadays, the information is out there for you to gain the advantage in a conversation with any, with a C-level or anybody. Just do a little reading on the internet. They're literally giving you the information to help you out. Wow. And then what is the main thing that you're trying to get from a networking event? Do you want to like leave your information? You want, do you want to be memorable? Like, what is like the main thing that you want, you know, when you walk away from a networking event and you're like, man, I did well, I got a win. It really is. The word you use it is memorable. You want them to remember. You could not have talked about anything you do from a business person, you know, but what happens when you have these type of interactions, they may not remember like what you exactly said to them, but they will remember how you made them feel. You know, so certainly, yeah, if you go in there and I'm talking about, hey, man, hey, Alex, you know, boom, boom, boom. I'm talking about all these great things I heard on your podcast or all these great things. I've been following you in your NFL career. You know, so awesome. You got a you know son playing for the Titans. And then, like, you, you may not remember what the heck I do, like, and I'm in digital marketing. You'll just know, like, there was this dude talking to me. I got his name. Let me go to LinkedIn. Cool. I wrote it down. Are you put in a thing or we change contact information. You'd be like, I don't know what he's selling or what he does. He goes, but man, he was fun to talk to. What does he do? And they go look you up. But that's what you want to happen leaving there. You don't want them to go, oh man, he was nice, but he was trying to sell me something or trying to, you know, you know, do this. You want them to go, man, that was a great interaction. I want to talk to that person some more. And that's what you want to leave, leave people with. Oh man, this is golden. Man, you, you're leaving some some gems, man. John, how do how do my my listeners how do they get more of you? How do they get a hold of you? Are you on? I mean, I know you on LinkedIn. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they they can track me down really easily on you know LinkedIn. You know, make a you know connection there. Um, you know, they can email me. I'm at jt at power digital. You know, dot com. Um, I'll put can, all your stuff. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm gonna put all your stuff in the in the show notes. Yeah, so. I'm I'm more than open. It's one of my you know passions is really to, you know, help and coach people in a career. I do a ton of it at the company I am today, but certainly I do it with with lots of people that I met along the way in my career that I still help you know coach up and you know give them advice on different things that they're going through. But yeah, it's you know I'm at the point in time in my career that's what I that's what I love to do. That's what I'm very you know, you know, passionate about. I'm way past the greedy salesperson I was when I was 25 years old. Uh, totally different story, you know, but I'm at that point in my career where it's very rewarding to give back to people, share the knowledge that I've had. And then what I hope is it can help them along in their career to try to, you know, break through faster in different things they're trying to accomplish. Love that. And here's the last thing, man. So I always talk about, you know, my shark effect when something happened to me or a person was introduced into my little nice calm waters and it caused me to move. And so I'm interested, you know, to hear about you, like what was your shark effect? What was that moment that kind of stirred you and motivated you 
whether it's on the football field or or off of it in the professional world or personal, what was that moment that kind of pushed you to become the best version of yourself? Yeah, you know, it was it was really early on in my sales career. You know, my mentor at the company I worked for 23 years and I got here, you know, from Oregon and I I had this reputation as this hotshot salesperson. I already had a ton of success in my almost two years at Oregon. So I get here to San Diego and I'm working a territory. I'm, I'm having success already. And literally it's, we're about six months into my career and I'm already putting up numbers and he goes out with me and, you know, what you call a ride along day. And, you know, he's just listening to what I do and listen to my style. Then we have a meeting. We, he starts helping me call some clients and he sits down and he goes to me, he goes, Hey, I want to let you know something. He goes, you're good. And you are, you know, really good at what you do. You're building these great relationships. People are buying from you. He goes, but you're not nearly as good as you can be. He goes, you are totally missing it. And here I am. I got my defensive guard up. I'm like, what okay. talking about, dude? Now, I didn't say that. But that's what I was thinking in my brain. You know what I mean? Yep. I'm like, what, what's this guy talking about? And he goes, well, here, here's what you're missing. He goes, what you're missing is that you really haven't learned how to close business. And then I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't know how to close business. I, I mean, I've been closing deals. I've been getting people to sign contracts. I'm like, look at the score. I'm like, look at the scoreboard. He goes, yeah. He goes, but some of these, these deals, some of these solutions I'm working on with you, you could have got them earlier, you know, or you could have got them at higher profit margins, you know, and you could have done bigger deals than what you're doing. Uh oh, you're still there, Alec? Alec? Alex? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. And I was like, okay. And so literally what he went through is that, you know, he showed me a couple of different things, a couple of different like talk tracks, we call them in the the sales business and how to create a sense of urgency with individuals. You know, he taught me how to really take a look at how I understanded the different decision processes inside of businesses and where I was lacking asking those particular questions. You know, so as a, like a B2B sales professional, I was very good at understanding what is it that the client needed. But the extra boost that he gave me, it's like, hey, well, you got to understand not just what that particular client needs, but you really got to understand why they need it. What's the impact it's going to make on the business? He goes, and then you need to get a clear line of sight to people in the C-level and you need to find a way to break it down to them so they know they need to buy it faster than they are. Because he goes, you're getting these deals, but you're not really getting them as fast as you can, or you're not at the level that you can. And he goes, you're probably losing a few deals uh, that you should be winning as well. And I literally was sitting there. And of course, I had my defensive, what are you talking about? You know, But I had to really take a step back um, and go, wow. And that right there, I would say that was a, the shark effect because I was already successful, but then literally it was like putting gas on the fire. My literally my sales career just went up another notch, you know, from there on, which really then led to, you know, my, my management career and the other positions that I held. Wow. That's interesting. So, so diving deeper. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Like I thought I was good. Um, I already was posting numbers. And I think what can happen to a lot of individuals is that when you get to that level, and I was I was already like number one, I was already in my sales career, but I was like sales rep of the year in my division, like already for two years. 
but people can get very like, oh, you know, I don't need to teach me anything anymore. I don't need to learn, you know, you know, anymore. And I certainly had that posture when he was giving me that feedback, uh, you know, but uh, I took the feedback uh, reluctantly and applied it. And all of a sudden my career took off. So it really taught me that, hey, you got to always continue to get better. You can't just sit there and because you maybe have accomplished what you want. And I was accomplishing what I wanted that career at, at that point in time in my career. It's like, hey, you should, if you really want to accomplish great things, you could strive to get better. You could always learn more and really just open my eyes to always be receptive for feedback in from individuals, even if I thought I was like the greatest ever. Mm, man, that's 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 a that's a great story, man. Well, John, hey, thank you so much, man, for being a guest. It's good to see old teammates, good to yeah, chop it up. You were somebody who I who I looked up to. I remember, you know, coming up to the University of Oregon. My, I was a early, say early commit. I was early yeah. campus. I came in Ju- July. Now I'm uh, getting on campus in January. Yeah, I remember like like listening to you, watching you work, how you communicated. You were one of the first leaders that I saw on campus, man. And you you continue to to uh, inspire me, and uh, man, greatly appreciative for you know our relationship and our friendship, man. So thanks for being on. I want to have you on again. For sure. Anytime, Alex. Appreciate it. I'll talk to you later, man. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Shark Effect Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at thesharkeffect.com. Thanks for listening. It's here, finally. My book, The Ultimate Playbook for High Achievement. You can get it on Amazon in the uh, paper paperback version, or you can get it on Kindle. And who this book is an in, intentionally created for is for those who are looking tra- to transition. What, whether you was an athlete or an executive or a successful entrepreneur or whatever, if you're looking to transition into something different this book can help you i break it down i lay down the foundation of who you want to be i have a chapter in there that breaks down and boils down leadership which is influence and you got to understand these 10 influencers that can help you with decision making that can help you with influencing others and how are you influenced i have chapters in there That really breaks down my system of assignment, alignment, and adjustment. Um, Recognizing the power of your environments is a chapter. Developing your own procedures. Creating relationship roadmaps. Using adversity to your advantage, right? Because we all go through tough times. But how do you flip it? How do you use it to power you? Okay? And then developing your own standards. So these are things that can help anybody. Not Not just athletes. Now, there's some stories in there, you know, that covers topics that that resonate with athletes. But I think overall, this book can help um, anyone who is looking to transition into becoming successful in something new, something different. Okay, so make sure check it out. Amazon, the ultimate playbook for high achievement.